Hello and welcome to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Mandelina Chobano and the topic of this week's episode is online comments. We'll be hearing from the Washington Post about why they're investing more time and resources into making the comment sections on the website a friendly space for thoughtful contributions from readers. More and more publications are shutting down the comment sections. Organizations such as NPR, Reuters, The Telegraph and Vice have chosen to stop their readers from commenting on stories on their website. This is either due to lack of resources to moderate them adequately, or because the discourse is not productive enough, because of trolls, or because audiences prefer to have these conversations on social platforms. The Washington Post has taken a different approach. Last Friday, on January 13, the organization launched a newsletter that will highlight the best and most thoughtful contributions from readers of WashingtonPost.com every week. Tessa Magaridge, newsletter and alert editor at the Post, said the aim is to shine a light on the positive discourse that takes place in the comments, which is often buried online. We really try to treat the comments section here as our own social network that we can control. We're trying to invest really heavily in ways to improve internet comments and help the best stuff rise to the top at a time when other news organizations are getting overwhelmed by comments and choosing to close them down. We recognize that there are a lot of problems with comments on the internet. There's also an incredible amount of positive discourse that is sometimes buried and hard to find. A huge percentage of our commenters on the site are subscribers. There are people who really, really deeply care about our journalism. And so we want to help the best stuff rise to the top. A newsletter is a really natural forum for that. You have a little bit more space to expand. And I think it's people who comment on our site have given us their email. They're used to receiving emails from us. And so this is a really good opportunity to get them in on a newsletter that might feature their comments. The newsletter is called Read These Comments, and it has three sections that will feature contributions from readers across the website, from hard news to entertainment. So the top section is essentially a place where you can highlight a major conversation that happened on the site this week. So this is a conversation that is really dominating a specific topic where many, many comments have led to great discourse, something that has really taken the comment section by storm that week. The second section is kind of individual popular comments, stuff that maybe wasn't a deep conversation, but really, really thoughtful responses. We see these as the type of comments that tend to go viral individually, like occasionally you see that on the internet. Those can be really hard to find and they're happening all the time. We want to highlight those a little bit more. And then the third section is someplace where readers can contribute right now, a place where we're soliciting user-generated content where they can go and submit something right now if they want to be heard and know that we are listening. So an example of that this week is one of our media columnists, Eric Wemple, is doing a series called Dear MSM Mainstream Media, where people are submitting questions they have about the mainstream media. Like, what does it mean to be told something on deep background? And he's writing a series of stories based on those questions, explaining kind of the shop talk that people might not understand. I think it's important to say that we're not looking for comments that complement us. We're looking for discourse, even if it's criticism of our journalism that is brought up in a thoughtful way. There is this idea that internet commenters are anonymous people sitting in basements across the internet, and that is just not true. A huge portion of them are WashingtonPost.com subscribers, and they're our most loyal readers. 
The project is spearheaded by Teddy Amenabar, comments editor at the Washington Post, who will be in charge of curating the newsletter by choosing comments that take into account a variety of factors, from number of likes to the commenter's history and comments pointed out by other Post journalists and editors. It'll be pretty manual. Our team reads a lot of comments every day. Likes are just one factor, but it's definitely not the lion's share at all. Lately, we've been featuring comments on more stories where we would have a featured tab. So we've been testing that maybe a story every day or so. So I think it really is the same parameters that we put there. Uh, editorially, I'm looking for comments that really summarize the discussion and not just summarize, but have an interesting viewpoint that might not be said a lot in the discussion. And then also the other factors. Frankly, I'm really interested and I would really like for readers to send comments that they see. We get a lot of reader emails to the comments address, and so I'd love to hear from them there. People have been actively involved in the comments and given suggestions for how the commenting experience could be improved on WashingtonPost.com, so the features and changes they request are written down and often end up being implemented. For example, earlier this year, the Post developed a new feature allowing readers of its Carolyn Hacks column to mark their comments as offline when posting, if what they were discussing wasn't 100% related to the column at hand. There is also room for experimenting with the format of this newsletter, Amenabar said, based on people's feedback, which started coming through as soon as the project was announced last week, with readers providing their suggestions and thoughts in the comments. I didn't want to put the newsletter in a corner where we were just looking at stories with the most comments or like the biggest and best. I think that adds some flexibility there. Uh, and then the third section is called Keep Talking. And I'm actually really excited for that. That's going to be where we're showing readers where we're asking questions. That'll kind of be like the, okay, you finished this newsletter now. Like if you want to talk right now, here's a place. So hopefully that'll be helpful. The length of the newsletter will be, I'm going to be very interested in hearing from readers about that. They don't want to make it too long. Like people already get enough emails. But the conversation first part stems a lot from the areas where we're featuring comments on site. So the, the stories that were featured comments, like those are going to be the conversations that we're, we're showing people. And so, no, it won't be entire threads, but I hope people will be able to look at that section and just be like, that's thoughtful. I didn't think of it that way. Tweet us at Journalism News to let us know your take on online comments. Do you read them? Do you comment? Would changes to comment sections make you want to contribute more? And if so, what do you think should be done differently? Thanks for listening to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you.